You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, joined by my co-host today, Joey Ice, and we are going to talk about the offensive line today. We have worked through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and this is a big one because this is one of the positions we think there could be a lot of change in from 2022 to 2023. There's some new faces. There's some uh, old faces that are going to be healthy at the start of the year, hopefully, knock on wood. So it could be a, a very interesting group this year, and we're going to talk about it all. But before we do, Joey, you doing all right? Yes, sir. How are you? It's been a day. Um, been a busy day, but we're uh, we're here. We're alive. So I guess that's all you can you can you can say and hope for. <laughs> Absolutely excited to talk about some offensive line. It's always good. And Joey will not be with us next week. He's going to where are you going? The Bahamas or something cool? Yeah, I'm going to the Caribbean for, the for Caribbean. a little while of my life. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I will not be in the Caribbean next week, so I will still be uh, on the show with you guys, and we'll we'll have a guest on next week at some point to maybe talk about some of these defense alignment, which I know Joey's going to be upset about because we know how much he loved the uh, the pass rush and the, the the big boys up front. I do indeed. You're absolutely right. <laughs> that's that's your punishment for going to the Caribbean is uh you, you miss the 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 pass rush talk. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's start talking about these offensive line men. Um, we've talked we touched on this a little bit I think last week, but uh the there's no real sure thing on this offense line right now other than center and right guard. That's Tyler Biotish at center and Zach Martin at right guard. But everything else has been rumored slash talked about slash as you like to say, kind of thrown in the cup, shake it up, throw it out, and that's kind of what we've heard, heard whispers of, and heard talked about. Um, so we're not sure who's going to be at left tackle. We're not sure who's going to be at left guard. We're not sure who's going to be at right tackle. So we're going to try to figure this out today and see what we can come up with. Absolutely. It's uh offensive line is going to be a fun conversation this year. And I'm sure there will be, it will be the topic of conversation. I'm sure between now and what, you know, all the way to the beginning of the season, probably, <laughs> because I'm sure they will move some of these guys around over the course of the uh, over the course of training camp. So it will be uh, it'll be interesting for sure, for sure. Left tackle. Let's just start there. Um, I know they have mentioned Terrence Steele being in that mix, but I feel like it's going to. 100% at the end of the day come down to Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith. Don't you agree? Um, 
Say that one again. Which position are we talking about? You mix Look. those three all together and we could get to three different positions. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Um, left tackle. I know that they like they I think at some point this offseason they said don't rule out Terrence Steele being an option at left tackle, which is just nuts to even bring up. But I, mean, I feel like it's going to come down to Tyron or Tyler as the starting left tackle this year. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And it really comes down to. You know, probably has a lot to do with the new offensive line coach and how he feels about who the um, about whether it's better for the team for Tyler to play left tackle long for the long term, or if it's better for the team for them to play Tyron at left tackle. Now move Tyler to the inside and just know and understand that he's capable of playing left tackle. The experience of playing at the speed of the NFL is going to be good for him and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation because it really is a true balance of, looking at what's good for the team now versus what's good for the team over the long term. Uh, because, you know, long term, it makes a lot of sense for Tyler Smith to get as many reps as possible at left tackle. He was a, a relatively inexperienced raw player coming out of school, had overall a really solid rookie season, I think is probably a good way to describe it, um, especially considering how much he moved in and out and how he – spent all offseason working at guard and then just popped out to left tackle right before week one and played pretty darn well. And so it, it'll be interesting to see whether they um, whether they decide, okay, we did that last year and that's what's best for the team is to keep doing that and keep letting Tyler Smith play left tackle and Tyron can be our swing guy who can play either left or right and we can – figure out the left guard situation um, or whether they say, you know what, the best thing right now, our best five offensive linemen for 2023 includes Tyron Tyler and Terrence Steele. And the simplest, cleanest way to get those guys on the field is to have Tyron play left tackle. And that feels like what it's going to end up being, right? Like they're going to go cool. And, and again, they are an organization that, you know, I feel like we got to preface it by saying like they are an organization that does look to the future a lot with their contracts, with their, you know, positions, with their who they play early in their careers. Like they do that a lot. But I feel like at the end of the day, you go, hey, we feel like we have one of the best rosters in the NFC. The NFC is wide open. Why are we going to look to 2024, 2025 when we feel like our five best offensive linemen or Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotis, Zach Barton, and Terrence Steele. Um, I personally think that Terrence Steele, like the the I guess the narrative surrounding him is like a little low right now, but I almost feel like that's their way of trying to negotiate the contract. Like, yeah, yeah, we really don't need you, you know, like we, we'd like to have you, but we don't we're not gonna pay you, you know, top five right tackle money. But at the end of the day, I feel like they're going to go, hey, these are our five best offensive linemen. Let's not beat around the bush here and let's put the five best on the field. And in my opinion, that is Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyler Biotish at center, Zach Martin at right guard, and Terrence Steele at right tackle. Now, it all banks on Terrence Steele being healthy to start the year. All signs report to him, you know, kind of being there and, and being ready to go. Um, maybe not at the start of training camp, but definitely before the start of the season. So, if you're asking me for my opinion and my what I would give as an advice clip, that would be mine. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that the um, the right approach to take is it's very most of the time I'm not uh, 
you know, just put, just play your best five, put your best five on the field, no matter what their position is. But it's a whole different story whenever your best five includes a left tackle who has played for over a decade and has been one of the best in the league when he's played, a right tackle who has been one of the best right tackles in the league over the last couple of years, the best right guard in the league, a returning Pro Bowl center, and a very young player who split time between left guard and left tackle as a rookie. Like, it's a very straightforward best five. It's not like they don't have a capable right tackle and they're trying to figure out, do we move Zach Martin to right tackle right. and that's how we get our best five? Or do we flip Tyron over to play right tackle right. to get our best five or something like that? It's like it's very straightforward who their best five is and it's very straightforward what their best alignment is in terms of positions, at least from the outside looking in without knowing anything about you know, Terrence Steele's knee Tyron Smith, how he's feeling. Although if he wasn't feeling relatively well coming off the season, I don't think he would have turned around and, and come back on the contract that he came back on and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, like you said, like it's not it's not that same it's not the same thing as like with the Zach Martin or right tackle talk that we've dealt with for a couple of years, you know, when they'd have an injury there where you're moving a guy from a position he hasn't played since college, you know, that that has openly said, Hey, I, you know. I don't I don't really want to play over there. And the times he did, he's helped, dealt with injuries and he hasn't the rest of his career. So I think that that's a little bit different, you know, scenario when we're talking about that. But um, another thing that I feel like isn't being talked about enough or touched on enough is just the depth pieces behind those best five or the, the guys that were kind of projecting to start it all on the offensive line spots is because every year we see whether it's Tyron Smith, whether it's Terrence Steele, um, we saw some Tyler Biotish injury stuff, but like you're, you're, I hate to say this, but you're never going to get 16, 17, 18, 19 healthy games from all five of your starting offensive linemen. So depth there is important. Um, and this is the first time in a while while it's young, there's no like proven veterans really back there that you really have a whole lot of faith in. I like the depth pieces they have in Chuma Doga, if that's, you know, a guy who's played some tackles, played some guard. Um, Matt Farniok's a guy who who's you know dealt with some of his injury stuff last year, but you know the times he's played, he hasn't been bad. And then you got guys like Josh Ball, Seam Richards, Matt Willetsko, you know, relatively say high draft picks, not high draft picks, but they're not all undrafted free agents. They're you know third, fourth, fifth round picks um, coming in to 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 provide some depth. So I, I like the depth that they have there. Again, none of these guys are proven veterans that you just feel absolutely confident in sliding into a starting role for four or five, six games and them knocking it out of the park. But I think there's talent there on the depth side of things. And I think you'd be able to figure out how to make some of those guys work if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of those conversations that it feels like it happens every year around draft time for the Cowboys is, and part of it's they've been so good at picking these guys high, right? Is that it's like, you feel like if you can, if you pick a, a, offensive lineman high in the draft you're going to nail the pick and they're going to be really good so it's really easy to default to that but like the Cowboys have been for the last decade almost since 20 since 2014 probably one of the deepest offensive line groups in the league and a lot of people will say well how can that be true when Tyron Smith goes down and Chaz Green comes in as an offensive tackle and you know has a terrible game Yes, 
they had a they had a bad swing tackle situation in 20 whatever 17 2018 whatever year that was 17 but overall average offensive line play like relatively okay decent offensive line play in the NFL is just plain not very good yeah so like chuma adoga for example has not started very many games recently all that kind of stuff. You plug Chuma Adoga into the Cowboys offensive line between Tyler Smith and Tyler Biotish because Tyron Smith went down for a game and he's playing left guard. He's going to be just fine in that scenario. Matt Farniot played a coach, played some last year. Was he great? No. Was he all right for a sixth or seventh or eighth offensive lineman? Absolutely. What you run into problems with on an offensive line is when you lose, I mean, think about it this way. They played, I'm trying to count them in my head now as I go through them, what, four different offensive tackles last year? Five, because Josh Ball played two. They played five offensive tackles last year and won 12 games. Like, most teams play four off, three offensive tackles, and when they get to their third offensive tackle, their offense is just terrible. Like, they just can't do anything. And the Cowboys played five offensive tackles and were just fine last year. I'm gonna, they were one of the best offenses in the league last no, year. Whisper this into the mic. Your quarterback's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The the quarterback is good, and the like, like I said, the quarterback's good, and the rest of the offensive line is good. And so you can deal with an offensive line injury or two, probably on this team at the right spots, you know, if, right. if Zach Martin goes down for an extended period of time, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. You're going to have trouble because you're not going to replace Zach Martin, but your quarterback is pretty good. He's going to be able to help quite a lot. Your offensive line, the rest of your offensive line is pretty good. Like there's no reason why you can't continue to be good. Like that. that's the thing about offensive line depth is People think that your swing tackle has to be as good as your starting offensive tackles. And that just doesn't happen because there aren't 64 quality offensive tackles in the NFL. Right. Much less 96 for every team to have a, a good third one. And so this team is blessed to have three good ones and to have the opportunity to, you know, have three other potential offensive tackles and development and, and well, let's go and ball. You know, they're talking about him playing some guard. We'll see about that. Uh, and then it's just a, like I said, this this team is just a, a, a embarrassment of riches on the offensive line, and it's uh, it's a really good problem to have, to be honest with you, of of what this team is and and could continue to be on at that position over the course of the next, you know, three, four, five years with what they've got built at this point. Yeah, no doubt. Um... So I'm going to play a little bit of a game. Um, and again, we're, we're cheating here a little bit because we're not really going by position, but I want to lump all of these reserve offensive linemen together. So Josh Ball, Matt Farniak, Asim Richards, Matt Willetsko, Alex Lindstrom, Brock Hoffman, TJ Bass, and Earl Bostic Jr. And this is just our opinion on this. I want to rank the top five talent like the, the best five reserve offensive line, pretty much. Like if those guys had to play, who would you have it? Your first guy you'd want to stick in the lineup. And again, I know it's tough because you're not looking at a position, but let's just say that these guys can play all five positions. We're cheating a little bit, but 
I want to go through and kind of rank some of these guys as where we feel like, hey, if this, if 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 a Sam Richards, all these guys can play all five spots, where do we see them ranking out one through five um, on the reserve chart? Because obviously they're not going to have five reserve offensive linemen, but there's a chance that they have four. Um, I don't think if they carry nine nine offensive linemen this year, that's a crazy thing, and they could carry ten depending on what happens, but. Let's just go through real quick and, and kind of give our opinion. So I'll start with you. Who do you have is the fifth best reserve offensive lineman? I think it's probably Chuma Adoga, the, or the fifth best. So we we're talking about the end. I thought. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going. We're going the the worst of the best. The worst of the next five. Um. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's going to be some unknown in my in the middle part of this, but I, I'm comfortable with that. Um, let's go with Josh Ball as the fifth of the rest. All right, all right, little 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 surprising there. And again, the crazy thing is we haven't really seen Josh Ball, so we don't know <laughs> exactly. Like he's played very little, and he wasn't very good, but he was also you know right. not supposed to really play that much, right? All right, so I'm going to go with the fifth best. I'm going to go with Matt Willetsko, and we also haven't seen him play at all. Um, but I think we've heard some some good reports out of him from last year, and then he got, you know had an injury and he wasn't able to really play much. But uh, there's been some good reporting around him. I mean, he's a guy that was a physical and athletic specimen um, out of college. You know, uh, uh Six was a sixth round pick last year, or fifth round pick, fifth round pick last year. I want to say he was didn't get yeah, a chance to really show it. Yeah. yeah, didn't really get a chance to show anything. But he's a guy who has the size, the length, the athleticism. Um, probably needed that red shirt year to just gain some of that strength and power uh, in his frame. So I think he's a guy that will benefit from not really having to play in year one and being able to focus on building his body up. So I'll go with Matt with Let's Go. I think he's a guy who has left tackle experience. 
Um, I think they could play him over on the right side if they need to. And and he has, as you mentioned, has been rumored that both him and Ball are getting some inside, you know, experience and reps this, this offseason. So I'm going to go with Matt. Well, let's go. Who's your fourth guy that if had to get thrown in the lineup, you'd be that happy with? Um, Again, here, there's going to be some unknown here. I'm going to take some bets on a couple of guys. That's, what, go, that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Seam Richards here um, in that um, – I think he, I think he can play tackle in the NFL, and I don't think he would be terrible at it. You know, I think, I think he could play some guard. I think he could survive at guard because of, you know, the, the, the athletic ability. I think he would struggle a little bit with power, but you know, most guys coming into the league do. Um, and so I, I'm going to go with the Seam Richards there, and I think he could probably play. You could probably plug him in at four of the five positions on the offensive line and probably survive. And I think that's like really valuable and and, and pretty pretty unbelievable from a fifth round rookie or something like that. I like it. I like it. I'm actually gonna go with a guy we haven't seen at all yet. And again, this is a lot of like you said, projecting, but a guy that I liked a lot last year out of college, and that was Alec Lindstrom, the uh center from Boston College. Um again, we haven't seen him. I don't really know a whole lot, but I think he's a guy that I liked a lot coming out last year. And he's one of the few guys that like has the actual, you know, Matt Farniak too has played some center, but I think he, I, I think we're going to get to a point this year with Lindstrom where after training camp in the preseason that you're like, okay, he's an actual guy that we could start at center next year. If we have to, if Tyler Biotish is going to try to break the bank with a contract. So I think we're going to see some undrafted free agent uh, gold with Alec Linzer this year. And that's just basing off of his college projection for me, but I liked him in college and I, I like him. I like him a year from his rookie season. So I'm going to go again, like you said, a little bit of projection there, but Alec Lindstrom. There you go. I like it. Um, I think my next guy is. Again, we're making a lot of projection here on the inside, but the, or in the middle part of this group, but. I think that's what uh, that's the thing that scares fans. I think we go back to our conversation earlier. It scares fans for the idea that we're talking about their seventh, eighth offensive lineman. In other words, guys who could potentially be on the field in the roster. And you're talking about a second year undrafted free agent. We haven't seen it all. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to talk about a rookie undrafted free agent in TJ Bass. Okay. And pe- people just don't want to, they, they do not want that kind of guy to have to play on Sundays, but that's real life in the NFL. Like those kind of guys play and they play way more than we want them to. And we just happen to have been blessed over the course of the last few years that the Cowboys have spent so many resources on the offensive line that their fourth offensive tackle is Jason Peters, (laughs) not, um, you know, some undrafted free agent rookie. And so, but that's not, that's not, real life in the NFL most of the time. So I'm uh, like I said, I'm going to go with TJ Bass and, uh, and I think it will be a, uh, it will be something that will probably scare a lot of, a lot of folks as we, uh, as we get into the, uh, as we get into the, this part is that a lot of people are not going to be comfortable with that idea. And I think you have to just, learn to live with that level to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in these sorts of situations almost i almost went with bass at five but i went with well let's go instead so so all the reasons you said is kind of the same reasons 
Same reason I used for Lindstrom, really. Like, I liked his tape in college. I think he, you know, he's probably a year away from really feeling comfortable and confident in him. But, um, you know, in this scenario, like, yeah, I could see him being being one of the top five talents on that reserve list. But I'm going to go with uh, Seam Richards at three for all the reasons you said. Um, again, another guy who I think needs to upgrade his play strength, upgrade his strength overall, and upgrade his anchor. Um, and I think that this offseason will be big for that. If he can add some some power to his punch and, you know, get a little bit bigger, stronger, and more physical as a blocker, I think you got a guy who can play guard, can play tackle, um, and he has a lot of the measurables and traits you want in a guy to, to be either a quality, quality swing tackle or a guy that could even develop into a starter. So I'm not going to waste too much more time because you you hit on a lot of it already, but he's my third best guy. So I'll throw it to you for two. Who you got? Um, yeah, for two, I'm going to go with um, with Matt Farniok. Um, <laughs> I think there's, you know, there's the position flexibility. There, there's all of those aspects that we talk that we'll talk about a lot over the course of the next few months as we have these conversations. Um, but then it really comes back to the idea of he's he's clearly a guy that at least the prior offensive line coach absolutely loved yeah. and was a guy that they were thrilled to have the opportunity to get on the field. And that means something, man. Um, whether it's they're not always perfect, but they're, he's his work habits in the offseason have been um, well well discussed and well reported at this point. And we are I have a feeling that if he if he gets on the field in this, you know, this is year three. This is the year that it's supposed to happen for him if it's going to happen. Um, and if we if we get the opportunity to see that, I think that I think there's a pretty good chance that he would play pretty well if he came into this year that way. Like it, like I said, he's my second, and I know that our first is the same, so I'll, I'll touch on the first, and that's Chuma Adoga. And we've talked about him a little bit. Like, he's a guy who's played in this league. He struggled to stay healthy, but when he's played, has he been fantastic? No, but he's been solid, and that's all you're looking for in that swing tackle, swing guard, a guy who can play multiple spots for you. And if you have to have him start for three, four, five, six, you know, games you feel confident and comfortable that he can do that and depending on what they do these top five like it wouldn't surprise me that if they do do something crazy and play tyler smith at left tackle and tap tyron at right tackle and put terrence Steele as the reserve that chuma adoga is your starting left guard like i think he's got the ability to be that it's just he struggled to stay healthy in his career um and he's got some things to clean up like he's not a perfect player that's just dealt with the injury bug but think he's a guy that if you need him to start a season or half a season for you, you feel confident in that. You feel like he's going to give you uh, quality reps there and, and do a good job there. So I think that he's my safest bet that if you got to move some things around and one of those reserves guys has to step into the lineup, he would be the first guy that I'd be trying to get on the field at either left guard, left tackle, um, you know, depending on what happened. You know, really, it'd probably be left guard because they'd move in whatever world they'd move Tyron to left tackle or Tyler at left tackle, depending on who's where. Um, but I think he's a guy that, you know, you know, if an injury happens at left guard or right guard, you move Chuma Adoga in and you feel pretty good about it. If an injury happens at left tackle, you move Tyler Smith or 
Tyron Smith into left tackle and you move Chuma Adoga into that spot. So for me, he's the he's the safest bet for that top reserve player on this offensive line and a guy that you feel confident in if if you need him to play for you. Yeah, and he's another guy who you really feel like probably, if he had to, could play four different positions probably. Because yep. most of, almost all of his work in the league, if I'm not mistaken, has been as an offensive tackle, not an offensive guard. And I mean that like you just don't get you don't that fans just don't understand like you don't get this kind of offensive tackle qual- level depth on an NFL team you just you don't and I, it's it's crazy to see this team have it and then have fans still insist <laughs> that. It's something that they have to that they have to fix. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's just crazy to me to 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 see that and think about that. Is that there are the fans are are out there still talking about this team needing offensive line help, and they are, like I said, one of the the deepest offensive line groups in the NFL at this point. Like it's it's crazy. I don't disagree. I mean, again, I I think that I think going back to the point I made earlier, like you might not you haven't seen a lot of these other than Adoga and a little bit of Farniak, like you haven't seen these guys play in the NFL. So I think that's where the concern comes in. But if you're just looking at the evaluation of the talent, the flexibility, the versatility and the traits, like it's pretty, pretty damn deep and pretty damn talented um, for this reserve group. You just, you just, we didn't even mention a guy like Earl Bostic out of Kansas who's got traits galore. You know, he's just very raw and another guy who's probably going to need to, to, to build up some muscle and some strength in his frame. But um, I mean, again, we're talking about guys who are six foot six, you know, 311 pounds, long arms. It's just, they haven't played, so I think that's where the the fan perspective is coming in. But if you're watching these guys in college and projecting them to a role in the NFL, maybe it's not in their rookie year, but in year two or three, you feel pretty confident some of these rookies and then some of these second- and third-year players, you feel like this is the year for them to either make it or break it. And I have confidence in those guys to to make it for the most part. Like I said, I mean, one of the least confidence players I ha- you know, have confidence in is just because we haven't seen him. He's been hurt and – the off the field stuff is Josh ball. And it's just, I mean, he hasn't had any off the field stuff since, since college, but it's, you know, that was a major red flag for him. And when you get in the NFL and you, you haven't been able to get on the field and you've dealt with injuries, it just, it adds up a little bit. But I mean, I think again, like all of these guys have the ability, you know, if, if every single one of these reserve guys met reach their realistic ceiling, they all have starting potential, I think on a, you know, middle of the pack to lower tier offensive line. I think that's a good thing to have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, it's the fact that you have guys who have that, who even if they even if they reach 50% of their potential, they are uh a league average backup, which right. people may not be thrilled with or happy with, but that's reality in the NFL. Like right. you, you just like I said, there are not enough good offensive linemen. The reason why almost every um, good or every football league outside of the NFL fails is one of two things: it's 
poor quarterback play and core or poor offensive line play, primarily because there just aren't enough good offensive linemen or good um, quarterbacks to have more than one league or to have really enough to have one good starting and backup full league, much less have two. And so it, there's there's just a lot of – and maybe it's, like I said earlier, it's scars from the 2010 offensive line or 2011, whatever, couple of years that was, and then turn around and have more scars from 2017. Um, but overall, this, this team is an embarrassment of riches on the offensive line, uh, to be sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, this was fun. Like I said, this offensive line is one that's going to mix and match and probably see your most uh, – your most influx of change and influx of, you know, different matchups and different combinations. So that's why it's an always a, always a fun position group to talk about, but uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the defense alignment, the edge rushers and the defensive tackles. Uh, Joey, you'll be, you'll be vacationing in the Caribbean. So I know you'll, you'll be so upset. You're not on the show, but uh, I'm sure you guys are going to have a blast and I hope you guys have a safe trip and a well-needed vacation. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm and, jealous. Um, I will I will be uh I'll be thinking about you on Wednesday whenever I'm uh whenever I'm on the beach and you're or yeah, I will I'm... I will be I will be getting ready to come home by then, but I'll <laughs> I'll be thinking about you by uh whenever I'm uh, I'm there and you're here for sure. Well cool. I hope you guys have a fun vacation. I hope everyone listening has a great rest of their week and we'll tune in next week to the Talking the Star podcast on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys next week on Talking the Star. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.